Hey, hey, water coolians. Welcome back to another episode of Water Cooler Talk. Today on the podcast, we are joined by Robin and Jamie, host of If These Ovaries Could Talk, to talk about important issues happening in our world. Like, did some people get a bit too outraged over a name change for a potato? Or should we try to ruin an eight-year-old's life because she happened to say she had a crush on another girl at recess? The answer seems obvious, but Oklahoma has another idea. And today in this episode, you know, it's been it's been on my mind here for a while, specifically with all the things happening in the news these days with, you know, specifically from these stories that we discuss in this episode. I want to ask something from you, listener, that is very, very important to me. You may not be responsible for this. If you are, take that responsibility. But your family members, friends, coworkers, etc. may be and they need a helping hand seeing the light. Lead them in looking past the headline. Help them find resources that allow them to have a clear picture of a situation. Heck, vacuum their house for them so they have an extra 10 minutes to actually read a freaking complete article and form their own opinion. I don't think it's unrealistic when I say misinformation will be a downfall of humanity. All the proof that you need is that people are getting hurt right now because of misinformation. Even though we have a world of knowledge at our fingertips, we continue to avoid the responsibilities of that power. Uncle Ben said it best. We're not being our best Spider-Man right now. We'd rather be first than be right. And people are getting hurt because of that. Movements that should be changing society just become another casualty of the boy who cried wolf. Ask people to be better. Ask yourself to be better. Take that extra second, minute, hour, day, week, month, whatever it needs to be to get a clear picture. You're not always going to be perfect, but the fact that you actually care to try matters. We have a chance every day to avoid the mistakes of yesterday, but you know what? If we keep making those mistakes, nothing's going to change. And we're going to continue to have these same freaking conversations over and over again. And you know what? As a content creator who needs the content, I'll take that. I'll be able to continue to speak to wonderful and amazing people like Robin and Jamie. But I also want the conversation to move forward. And we can do that with your help. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, this is a Water Cooler Talk episode 61 titled Potato Head Universe with If These Overs Could Talk. Enjoy. This is the story of a podcast that takes weird news from across the world. And while many of these stories may seem fake, they're absolutely not because they're real. I have written down in my notes, Robin, just to let you know, I wear glasses. I'm wearing contacts right now. But in my notes, Robin, for you, I have, she wears glasses. That's me. And I want to. You can. In about five years, you will be wearing them. About five years. Because I look smarter when I have them on. Of course. Of course. Like, But growing up, I, I know as someone who wore glasses, I was always known as the glasses person in the group. Like that's how people identified with me. The kid with the glasses. That's glasses Adam. That's so funny. I think because my mom always had glasses, I don't notice when people wear glasses. I don't like I, I wouldn't have noticed that you had glasses on today. You know what I mean? Like, I don't notice it. Did you, have you ever worn glasses in your life, no, Jamie? No, So maybe you have to have that instance of wearing glasses to understand glass maybe. wearers. Maybe that's All right, it. well, are you both ready to jump into uh, our first news story? Talk about Mr. Potato Absolutely. Head. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, this is actually, listeners, this is actually a viewer-submitted topic by Anita Dury of the U.S., so a thank you, Anita. I know sometimes I ask for viewer-submitted stories, but sometimes if you just want to talk about a, a specific topic, send me the topic and I'll find a new story to fit. So thank you, Anita. This is titled, Mr. Potato Head Drops the Mister. Sort of. Hasbro, the company responsible for teaching you firsthand how greed can tear apart those families with the classic board game Monopoly, created confusion earlier in the year by announcing its plans to drop the Mister from the Mr. Potato Head brand name in order to be more inclusive. Hasbro did clarify that while the brand is changing, the actual Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head characters will still live on and be sold in stores. In a tweet they posted, While it was announced today that the Potato Head brand name and logo are dropping the Mr., I am, and that was the actual typo in this tweet, I don't know if it was done on purpose, (laughs) but I am proud to confirm that Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head aren't going anywhere and will remain Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head. Robert Pasikoff, founder of the marketing consultancy Brand Keys, said they're looking to broaden their franchise. You take the focus of what is essentially one character and now allow it to be a platform for many characters. Following the news of the branding change, many took to Twitter to voice their opinions, including asking if Barbie will have to be the next one to change her name. And one user even tweeted, I think Hasbro needs to drop the bro and just be Has. 
I do, I do want to. I, I want to start pointing this out. Whenever we have a uh, Twitter outrage on the show, only three percent of the world's population actively uses Twitter on a day-to-day basis. So Twitter is not the voice of the people. I just want to. I just want to make that very clear every time we mention Twitter on the show. Uh, toy makers have been updating their classic brands in recent years, hoping to relate to today's kids and reflect more modern families. Ali Mirzuyetsky, editor in chief at the Toy Insider, said, "It's a potato." But kids like to see themselves in the toys that they're playing with. Rich Ferraro, GLAD's chief communication officer, said, Hasbro is helping kids to simply see toys as toys, which encourages them to be their authentic selves outside of the pressure of traditional gender norms. So I want to ask the both of y'all, should this have been a big of a controversy as Outrage Twitter wanted it to make it seem like it was? I mean, the ridiculous thing is they... They said they're going to take the gender out, and then they said, no, wait, we're not going to take the gender out. So it's it's ridiculous anyway. And then for people to get up in arms about it, nothing was changed. They just added some characters to the lineup, basically. All the people who need to get all up in arms over this gender stuff just need to get up in arms over gender stuff. Like, they're just, they just can't handle the gender stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's just... But in the article, they talk about Hasbro wanting to have it both ways because then they were like, hold on, we still have the Mr. Potato and yeah. we still have the, know, the Mrs. Potato. Don't worry, everybody. Don't we're not getting rid of the straights. We're not <laughs> going super, you know, non-binary Yeah, here. exactly. We're not exactly. going to that side. Like, if it's just like... Dip your toe in and then dip it back out and hope that both teams take it. Yeah. Like, I don't, it feels like a marketing ploy more than anything. It's like, I mean, it's like, I'm all for toys. Yeah. And I'm all for inclusivity. It's nice when, when they recognize that like a little kid who has two dads is going to now be able to make two dads, which he could have before, but he would have had to bought two Mr. Potato Heads, I guess. I mean, so it's kind of, it's nice for that sense, but true story. My, my mother-in-law who is super Catholic and, um, you know, like it took her a long time to adjust to the gay mom thing and me being the in-law, the daughter-in-law that's when she was supposed to have a son-in-law. She, um, called me like a month ago and said, listen, there's the, I want you to buy the new potato head (laughs) dolls. For, for Orion, my three-year-old, because uh, he can make a, he can make two moms out of like she oh, was. That's so it was cute. a really sweet thing. And then I had to look and see and see that they're not coming out until the summer. So I was like, "Sorry, Marge, I can't buy them." But that is so nice. Yes, I'll buy. I'll definitely get them and I'll get them. That's from you. so cute. She came around like that. Really sweet. Really sweet. But I think we're not addressing the real controversy in the article. And I, when I read it, I was very shocked and, and upset. Is that when the when Mr. Potato Head originally came out? It didn't come with a potato. Wait, you had to use your own potato. You had to it's get my your own physical potato. Too. Yes, I was saving this. <laughs> I stole your joke, Jay. I stole your joke, Jay. The best part of this article is that when it first came yeah, out, you just, used a real potato, which, mm-hmm. by the way, is so creepy. All I can see Genius. is my kids like with some old potato under the bed with like a plastic mustache yes. on it, like <laughs> just being like, "It's dad," and it's like, oh like creepy this things, spud things growing out of it. Because I was like, "Oh my god, that's my next rainy day activity." I'm about to go get some potatoes out of the fridge. An actual Mr. Potato. I'm just imagining Toy Story, the movie, now Mr. Potato Head is an actual potato. I know, right? They need to do a short where Mr. Potato Head is is questioning. He comes to life like Pinocchio. It's questioning their gender. Could you imagine how that would piss people off? Well, that's the the other thing. It's like potatoes don't have gender. So why does it matter if it's a Mr. or Mrs. whatever? And why does it matter like what a kid does with it? You know what I mean? Like if they take it and they make it into a dad or they make it into a mom, like who really cares? Like the whole you know fun what I mean? of those things is you put the eyes where the nose should be and you put the... And you ear- like make them upside down so their yeah, butt looks like, so, yeah, like, it's so, a butt. He's got a butt face, yeah. you know? Like that's the fun of the That's how kids head. are really using it. But you, I think your point is really true is like, you know, like they're not mad about the potatoes. They're mad about what they think is in a company bending to the politics of the of the liberal left of these of us of us lgbt and then we're trying to make every kid gay the world that's that's the problem i think yeah a lot of these people that are mad they're looking for something to prove that they should be mad they're looking for that confirmation bias if you read this story obviously you look at the headline you're like oh they're canceling mr potato head but really they're just changing the branding to i mean i think as we can kind of see through the the bs here is to sell more toys because at the end yes. of the day yes. you know it's these companies what are they being authentic for 
are they being authentic to be authentic or are they being authentic to Sell include more, more people because that means more dollars is YouTube changing their logo for a day you know, or for a month, say recently for Black History Month, because they care about Black History Month or because they know that will bring in more people. I hope, you know, I, I always, I always, hope. Yeah. I always yeah. hope for the hope. goodness in these big, huge companies, but, uh, well, but it's not always this the is, case. This dials into the hope part is they do stand to lose sales. Like mm. there's the, the hardcore right or maybe like Christians or I don't want, not all Christians, but not like the, the religious, groups. but the religious <laughs> right or who, who Whoever, whoever it is like might Who's not be okay with it and might movement. now right. no longer i was talking about potato head or potato head but movement like made so i wasn't calling christians against <laughs> anti-blm i just want to be real clear about that no i was just saying like they might not buy the potato head if you come from a, a house that doesn't believe in gay families right. and that's a risk to me that's when i think a company's doing something out of the goodness of their heart because mm-hmm. that is a risk well and, and to your point there robin you know we look at you know the makeup i think like four percent or so of the population of the U.S. identifies with the LGBTQ, but obviously we know that to be uh, the lower end because yeah. a lot of people just haven't come out to identify with that. So it's like, and that's is this increasing. Company- there was just a study that just came out that said that there's a, a lot more millennials and younger people are identifying. So that number is going up. But is yeah, you know, is this company Hasbro? Are they coming out? to change their marketing model to sell more to that 4% or whatever it is when we finally get those clear figures or are they just doing it to sell and be and be woke right the probably thing with that this particular story though is yes perhaps they thought let's be woke Let's let's be inclusive. That's a great idea. And then when they got the backlash, they were like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa. Mm-hmm. Let's dial it back because we still want to keep those others." On our side, too. So they didn't go all the way with it. And so in that respect, you just like kind of caved, like you cowered. No, no, they didn't because they were never getting rid of them. They just, what they had is a bad com. Like they had a bad person. It wasn't a great communication on your your Twitter. I guess. But what if they really wanted to go all the way and then they didn't? But yeah, they're changing this branding to, especially in the modern age of like universes like DC Universe, Marvel Universe. I think, I honestly think they're pushing for like this potato head universe to be more <laughs> inclusive they're saying well instead of having it the mr potato head universe let's have it the potato head universe and then we can bring in all these new characters like that one individual um ali mirzajewski said now we can bring in all these characters and it doesn't have to be limited by this mr potato head branding Right. Yeah. I mean, but at the and then at the end of the day, it's really just a potato. It is. I mean, it's really <laughs> just, just a, a plastic toy your kid's going to play and with then for you four put, seconds. And you put some accessories yeah. on it to make it yeah. what you want. So it could all be the same. Just put all the accessories in the box and say, it could be a mister. It could be a missus. It could be a them. Yeah, but no, but then you only buy one. They want you to buy <laughs> multiple. Cool, but they want you to. Yeah, exactly. They want you to buy multiple different characters in this potato head universe because eventually 20 years down the line, if there's a mister or if there's a potato head cinematic universe, I will email you guys and say, hey, I told you it was coming. Well, I just want to be one of the voices of one of the characters. I mean, if it could a happen. movie for the potato. It could happen. So I'll just pull for that. But at the end of the day, I want to say, again, it's just a potato. It's I mean, but it's potato. also not that it's not just a potato, but to a certain extent, like they didn't introduce. It's not like it's not like non-binary Barbie came out. You know, it, they're literally just saying, hey, you could use our potato this way, too. It's not even any different. You know what I mean? It's still the same product. All they did was drop the mister so you could use it however you want to. And that's the part that's so dumb about it. They did virtually nothing. But guess what? We're all sitting here talking about Mr. Potato. Lots of and I had forgotten about it. It's a lot of controversy. Well, th- well, that's the thing, Robin. You know, when you, ha- when you buy a Barbie, you're buying a Barbie that has these feminine traits. When you're buying a G.I. Joe, you're buying a toy that has these male traits but when you're buying a i don't even know you both have kids have you bought a mr potato head toy i never i never bought them we had my kids have one at grandma's house but you, so and this you is just, a thing and, people are still buying. Yeah, somebody bought it and, for them. But do you buy a Mr. and Mrs. separately? No, it's just the one potato and then it has female accessories and male accessories. That's what's so dumb That's about this. That's what I'm saying. It's the, literally They're not even just, changing the it's product. It's a potato yeah. and it just comes with <laughs> it's different <a> potato. <laughs> accessories. Like, this is my point. It's just, it's yeah. still, you're not changing anything. All they you're did was change the accessories. name. They just... Took something out of the name. But it, it is amazing. Like people could get outraged almost over, over anything. Anything over having anything. to do with gender. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's well, and that's like one of the things, you know, we discuss a lot here at Water Cooler Talk is people like just 
looking at this headline and getting outraged because they have that hate, that anger already inside of them. Yeah. And like I said, they're just looking for that excuse to confirm that they should be mad mm-hmm. and, yes. and validate their beliefs. Well, and then they, they they take it and then they make some really big jump to like you are pushing your agenda on other kids. It's like it always it's goes like to like marrying what? a goat. Like you, yeah. you want to marry a I goat. And I was just like, do we? we no, what? I don't really Where, want how to. How do we get there? No one wants to marry a goat. Nobody. Like goats. Nobody wants to marry a goat. I don't goat. even like to like, look at them. How do you get there? But they do. They just, there's a, there's a fear that gets, like a fear gets turned on, you know, by a clickbait title. And, and then the next step is like, you're going to start teaching homosexuality in schools and my kid, <clears throat> you want my kid to be gay. It's like, they just go right there. Which like, I do I don't, and which we should. I don't <laughs> want anybody's kid to be gay unless they want, unless that happens to be who they are. It's I'm just like, I don't. But it's just, it's so I want funny. everyone to be gay out <laughs> Jamie there. does a little bit. I don't. I do think everyone is gay, though. She Okay, I should, yes. <laughs> My gaydar is very off. Yeah, I think what, like, there's something that says, like, most people tend to be attracted to the same sex because, like, I'm very attracted to Ryan Gosling. He's a I mean, who's very not? attractive man. He really is. Who's I? Who's the other Ryan? Who's the other Ryan that I love? Uh, the funny Ryan one. Reynolds. Yes. Oh, Ryan Gosling is also funny. You got to see. He's he's hilarious. <laughs> he's, he's like a, a subtler he's a triple funny. Threat. He's a triple threat. He has everything going I don't on. Think for I him. know him enough. To, I mean, oh, L.A. The, know, the L.A. Story movie. Where, what was that called? Uh, La La Land. Thank La you. La Land. Thank yeah. you. I didn't see that. But to to the aspect of toys, both of you having families, what aspect do toys play in that development of your children? You know, I I remember growing up Hot Wheels and, you know, race cars and G.I. Joes and all those things. And I looked at those things and I was like, these are what I'm supposed to be playing with. Now that's completely changing. Well, you, I was just going to say, my kids were just drawn to what they were drawn to. You know, it's like they have two moms who wear T-shirts. And we should clarify for your listeners that Jamie and I are not a couple. We, no. It's important. No, no it's important that. that we clarify just that. Just partners that. in podcasting. Just business yes. partners. Gay mom friends. And um, so, like, my wife and I, we're with, like, T-shirt wearers. And, you know, we're not, like, we're not wearing ball gowns. And my daughter's the girliest of girls who was, like, she was doing her makeup school pictures today via FaceTime, which is weird in and of itself. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. weird. But anyway, so while she's doing it, she was like, so <laughs> you might say no, but what level of makeup can I oh wear? And I was, she's 11. She was like, I'm assuming mascara is a no. I was like, yes, we're not doing mascara. She was like, lip gloss. I was like, definitely go for the lip. I mean, like she's just the girliest of girls. And my son is like a linebacker who's just punching things all the time. So we got these really <laughs> two typically gendered kids i don't know that's just how it is like that's they came out who they were i mean maybe you could get into an argument over whether or not society teaches them these norms but like i grew up in the same society and i didn't want any of that so jamie what about yourself yeah yeah because uh you know when my wife and i had our kids we were hell-bent on not uh, gendering them in their clothing or gendering them with their toys. Like our first kid was our, a girl and we made sure that she, that she wasn't just wearing dresses and we tried to get her, like we put her in boy clothes too. We put her in boy and girl clothes. We put her and we gave her toys. We gave her trucks. We gave her cars. She's kind of like in the middle. She never really played with boy toys. She no, just, but she went straight to like cat ears. Like nobody's She business. loves cats. Like she's, 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 <laughs> she's girly. She's girly, but she, she won't wear dresses now. So she's finding her own way and she's not necessarily like, she doesn't like play with boy thing. Boy, I'm putting, putting that in um, quote, mm-hmm. quotes, but um, she's kind of down the middle. Like she goes back and forth. But my son, then we have my son and I was like, he's going to wear purple. He's going to wear pink. He's going to, you know, the child will only wear blue. You try to put another color on this child. <laughs> my son went through that with green. And he throws a fit. He naturally gravitates. And we got him dolls. I mean, he has all his sister's toys lying around. Mm-hmm. It's a house full of girl toys now because she's got dolls everywhere. She's got a dollhouse. And he gravitates towards trucks and cars and balls, anything. It's just so interesting. And I keep trying to push the dolls on him, but he's not <laughs> interested. Uh, it, it, he, he likes what he likes and that's what he likes. And he wants to kick the ball and he wants to play catch. And I'm like, I don't really too, You're like, gotta okay. do a musical. Yeah, but um, it's really interesting. I, we didn't gender them in no. any way. We and we did an uh, interview with the woman who wrote oh, Tomboy, Tom Lisa Selen, Lisa Selen Davis. Really, Lisa Selen Davis. Really interesting book about how toys used to be 
toys and clothing. They were not gendered. We're not as gendered as mm-hmm. they are now. Yeah. Uh, but corporate marketing has really started to gender them. Well, because and- they gave them two markets. Then you couldn't, you said it was a, sp- it was literally like, we don't want you to hand me down toys. We want you to be like, these are toys for girls so that you, there's a double, a double purchase, which it's is It's Mr. Gross. and Mrs. Potato Head. Like you said, Jamie, it's just a potato where you can put those things on, but we can sell two products now. Yep. Exactly. Yep. So it's just really interesting. Legos, Legos, when, when we were young, were, were really just, there was nothing gendered about them. Now you have the friends version of Legos, which is, the which is for the girls. And then you have like the boys version. But then they like also brought in like shit. movies and everything. It's like that, you know, they just, when all it marketing. used to just be a bunch of pieces that you make things on your it was a creative toy but now you have to create the actual word world that goes on the box and like yeah they've changed everything up so the bottom line i think robin and i both agree on is you can try to not gender your children but they're gonna at least out, our kids did. they're gonna turn out how they're gonna turn out and, and neither one of us can say if it's because of what they saw in the world around them perhaps that's really really that really seeps into everybody. Yeah. Like you can't just, you just can't avoid it. Even if you're teaching things at home, you're, they're still going Television out into the Television and computer world and daycare. And, and yeah. seeing, seeing this um, confirmation that things should be gendered. So yeah. I don't know. It's really, I don't but know I mean, But I mean, when you look at it from the point of view of like, we both are two mom households. You tried really hard to like make them not have a gender. And I didn't really <laughs> I mean, care. I mean, and my daughter was in princess dresses for two years right. because, I mean, I had to create a thing called the base outfit because otherwise she was going to be wearing these flimsy dresses everywhere in the world. And so I was like, no, you got to put your base. Every princess puts a base outfit on first. <laughs> then you put the princess dress over it because it was like a costume. And she had hundreds of them. And she had one tattered one she wore for like a year until we were like it needs to be burned that didn't come from our house i mean maybe it came from tv maybe it came from daycare who knows but i feel like that is the same as if our kid had been like uh non-binary at that age like they know intrinsically who they are Mm -hmm. i mean i think they might not be able to describe it but like you said uh you know robin intrinsically they know who they are and that energy is going to be drawn towards what they like. Like, yeah. you know, Jamie, you said you your son likes blue. Maybe he's just someone who likes blue. As someone with blue eyes, I know blue makes my eyes pop. So I'm wearing sure blue does. on first I mean, date. My son doesn't even know that yet, but he's but he will. so obsessed with blue. It's a problem. <laughs> it's crazy. But at the same time, like, we we banned the word princess. Like, if anybody was like, look at you, you cute little princess. I taught Rose to say, I'm not a princess, I'm an empress. Like, I was, I'm not, I wasn't into it. Well, we had, we had a guest on the show, Empress, and she would be loving hearing that. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. Or I'm not a princess, I'm a queen. I, there was different iterations yeah. of it that we went through. Yeah. And if anybody called my daughter a princess, I'd say, she's not a princess. Like, I, I was that asshole parent. <laughs> Nobody ever called my kid that. I just, but I, I was also like, because I did this, this whole interview for this thing about princesses. And they were like, because she had a princess birthday party. And they were just like, you're really leaning into it. I'm like, I'm not. It's what, what makes her happy. Mm-hmm. If I tried to take away her princess dress, that would have been the equivalent of mm-hmm. someone taking away my tough skin corduroy pants when I was a kid. Like I was not wearing dresses. I wanted jeans or corduroys. Mm-hmm. And if someone had taken that away from me, it would have felt like I would have been unhappy. Mm-hmm. So it's like to me, I'm going to give her what she wants. Yeah. And then, but I'm also going to teach her she can be a strong woman and that, and that she never comes second and she's not like gender doesn't matter. And you know, like she's going to get all the lessons, but like I just never thought of it as that big a deal as someone with no kids and a few years down the line from being a parent i'll give my advice as a uh, a fake fox parent but i understand that aspect of you want to do what your kids or you want to make your kids happy and as long as it's not dangerous you can support that obviously if your kids love throwing knives you're probably not going to buy them you know sharp throwing knives but <laughs> probably not <laughs> robin if your you know daughter wants to have a princess theme party Who's saying she can if that's what makes her happy? It made her very happy. Made her very happy. You know, like I have also heard the argument that parents of non-binary kids or parents of trans kids are pushing this on their kids, which is the most ridiculous thing. Like, like I said, I banned the word princess. I tried to give my daughter the option of wearing boys' clothes if she wanted, but I wasn't. I would never push it on her. Yeah, and I can't imagine a parent in the world who would push. Something that their child doesn't like on their child unless they were afraid that society might not think it's okay. Unless they were Mm -hmm. Tiger Woods. I think that sums up a lot of those parents who try to 
force their kids to be someone that they're not because they're afraid of what society exactly. will say. Yeah. And they, I mean, I, I get it. I had a dog, so I have kind of a dog parent. Uh, he sets past, so I guess not anymore. <laughs> weird, weird segue on that. But Mine anyways, like I understand that aspect of you want to be as protective as possible to that person that you're taking care of if them being who they are intrinsically inside might come with a, a group of people hating against who they are, you're probably going to want to try to help them hide that a bit because you're afraid of what could happen if they're truly themselves. But as we found through, you know, these many years of figuring out, you know, LGBTQ is they just have to be themselves and they have to figure they out have to. what it means to be themselves because that's how they're going to be their best version of themselves. Yep. Exactly. And we need yeah. to get society on board. Yeah. So that so that these children those aren't, kids end up committing dying. suicide. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's such a high it's rate of, of of young LGBT youth that they commit suicide. Well, I I would like to welcome dark, get some more dark positivity. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I would like to dark. welcome to the show Robin Hopkins and Jamie Kelton, hosts of the weekly podcast. <laughs> if these ovaries could talk, Don't and co-authors of the book, <laughs> if these ovaries could talk, the things we learned about making an LGBTQ family. Robin and Jamie, welcome to Water Cooler Talk. Why, thank, thank you, Adam. It's fun to be here. Oh my god! We just <laughs> it's like down. no, it's like we're, we're, we no, we swear our no. podcast and book are fun. We're like the saddest, like and suicide. Really, we got so like, serious. I know. Sorry, What's happening. Sorry. We'll just power through it. One of the sayings uh, you both uh, revisit on many different episodes of your podcast is "Love makes a family." You can even find it on a throw pillow in your shop and on a baby sure onesie. Can. And you also talk about the <laughs> the concept of the changing nuclear family that was popularized throughout America in the 20th century. Century, the idea of a family that consists of two parents, mostly defined as a married mom and dad and their children. So as we progress in how we view the nuclear family, how does that saying of love makes a family play into its progression? Well, for us, we have to choose families chosen mm -hmm. in order to make a kid. We need help. And we might need a part from somebody. And so maybe in some of our families, it's a, a friend that donates sperm to a lesbian couple or, or yeah, or, or we, you know, sometimes LGBTQ uh, couples maybe don't like they lose their parents because they're out. And so then you create a family that's around you that becomes, you know, honorary aunts and uncles. Yeah. So we, we really, whether it's the actual physical creation of our families to the dynamics, because we don't have to prescribe to the roles that a, a, a standard heterosexual couple would do. We're not like, oh, the man works. And the we, we're like, what do you do best? Love just comes in at all these different angles of like how we create our families. Yeah. And we're not saying that all heterosexual couples follow those norms, but it is it is a standardized norm that is still kind of prevalent. It's standardized today. for a reason. Yeah, yeah. exactly. The, the dad does this, the mom does this. And it's things have changed in households, mm -hmm. but... Yeah. As, you know, we progress humanity wise and we get better at respecting you know everyone across the board on who they want to be i think it's important that we bring a fourth a sense of love because i have a lot of family and there's some family that i don't i don't like that part of my family if <laughs> any of those people are listening and they think it's you it's probably you it's definitely you <laughs> but i have friends and i have people i care about that i love that aren't necessarily the typical family you know quotes on that the typical family that are my family because they understand that dynamic of surviving life is all about helping each other. And it's not about, you know, figuring out whenever like a parent dies and the kids are going through all their stuff and like, I deserve this and I deserve this and having that fight. But it's about, you know, bringing forth a sense of companionship and it doesn't have to be related to blood. Yeah, it's it's companionship on purpose. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's love a very makes good family. And that's what we say. That's the, the next time. throw pillow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Um, the, this is a good one for a throw pillow, though. Another thing we always say is there are no accidental pregnancies. There are no accidental families in the LGBTQ world. Maybe there's like one. There's a couple. But very, very, one very somehow rare. happened. But it's very, our families are so intentional from the moment we get together, like even be, from the planning of our families, from the, everything. It's so intentional. There are so many decisions to be made. So there are no mistakes. Very intentional and, and love makes it. It's all made That's a very good love. point, Jamie. You're, you're choosing love 
right from the get go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're not forced into this family. You're choosing this family because you want to be in this family. And that creates a better family. And we're choosing parenting. We're having a conversation or two. And then we're spending lots of money to make these families. You know what I mean? Like we have stories, I mean, of two men who pay upwards of $200,000 for surrogacy. Even adoption, people are always like, go adopt. It's free. It's not free. You pay pay and And pay and pay. Yeah. And not easy. And like, even I had a very easy situation, like where I, I got um, sperm from a bank. We still spent over $6,000 a kid. And that was a decade ago. It's probably you know, double that now. We are on purpose choosing to be parents. And that transfers over into the way that we parent, which is why it's so crazy that people can't don't want us to be families. Like we're the, we're some of the best parents on the planet. I mean, I mean not Jamie I mean, and I. Well, <laughs> not Jamie and I, but other LGBTQ too much blue. folks. Too much blue, Jamie. Yeah. Too much blue. I know. You didn't hear we my, me yell at my son this morning. Yeah. But um. Oh my God, I was yelling at one of my kids right by the door and then I opened the door to get the elevator and there was like a woman standing there and I was like, morning. Yeah, it always happens. It always so I happens. was like, yeah, it was 100% just yelling at so him. So many times I'm like, I'm sorry, did you hear that? Yeah, I didn't even bother. I was just like, hey, how are you? Because I was just like, I know you're it. We all know <laughs> it's so hard, but but they're not mistakes. It, no. not, not to judge people who do have children that were mistakes. Mm-hmm. We're not saying that you're a bad parent just because the pregnancy was a mistake. I actually have a very good friend who had like I have a lot of friends who have, you just did that. I've got a gay friend <laughs> in upstate New York. That's what you just literally did. I have a lot of friends whose first kids were mistakes and everything turned out great. So we're not judging that. We're just saying yeah. That doesn't really happen in our community that much. And just so you know, if you listen to our podcast or read the book, Jamie is always apologizing to every apologizing, like, like qualifying to every fraction of society. We're not. We didn't mean to We're offend not, you. I didn't want to offend you. We're just You're beautiful. Listen, everybody's beautiful. I love everybody, and they want to make that clear. <laughs> I never assume I'm offending people. That's, <laughs> if someone's offended by what I say, I just say, people. "Hey, you know, you're offended." And I'm gonna keep keep moving forward, uh, but I think I'm working on I that. think the aspect of what are both of our shows kind of entail is like this aspect of humor. You know, H- how do y'all view humor in the scope of having these conversations and kind of making these conversations, you know, easier if that's the right word? Because I always like that saying that Kevin Hart says, you know, if we can laugh together, we can love together. But there's also an aspect to that of you know, at least I believe of eventually we do have to stop laughing and have those tough conversations. So how do you think humor kind of plays into that? I see it as a necessity. Yeah, it's critical. I mean, we, we've had really serious topics. Like we've talked about people who've lost babies, like stillborns or a couple who Can- had, a, had a kid for cancer, a couple that had a foster child for two years. And then the system made a mistake and they the mother back. came back and took the baby to a rehab facility. I mean, these are really, I mean, people who still can't get yeah. pregnant. And, we, and we find a way to laugh in the middle of these conversations, not at them, <laughs> no, with them, <laughs> with, with them, with them. But yes. they, you know, but you know, there's a time and place for the seriousness of it. But then there's also like we have to we approach all of this like l- let's let's have fun, let's love each other, and we're all coming from a safe place. And if we make a mistake, let's clean it up, and then let's just see what happens. Mm-hmm. And that lends itself to humor, love, joy, mm-hmm. like all kind. Like it makes the conversation and can- interesting. Candor, yeah. Because, you know, because the more we can have fun together while we're having these discussions, the more we can all open up and yeah. be truthful and real. We had, we had a couple of guests like, we, what was his name? What was his name? He wrote the book, Gay Like Me, Rich. Uh, Richie Jackson. Richie Jackson. And in the middle of recording. And meanwhile, it, this was pre-COVID. We were in a studio with like big boom arms coming down. We, we, looked, and, we and, looked real legit. Yeah, we did. We weren't. We weren't, but real we did. Legit. And he goes, he goes, oh my God, I forgot I was on a podcast. He, I thought that was like the best, the best compliment. compliment. Because he just was having, he was, we were having such an awesome conversation mm-hmm. and it was so one. real and it was so deep and we were still laughing. And to your point, Robin, there at the end of that Mr. Potato Head story, when you mentioned, you know, trans youth tend to have higher suicide rates, like that's a serious topic, but then you can talk about how, how ridiculous it has become that now all these states are banding transgender in sports because one or two transgender individuals win a race. Like that's in a, in a sense, like hilarious because the transgender population is less than um, or about half a percent, I believe, of the U.S. population. And then transgender, you know, um, 
athletes are like a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. They make of it seem like boys ones. are clobbering girls all the well, all there, over. There might be the more. Olympics. We just might not know them all. Yes, they exactly. Might be yes. Out there, but but still, but still, it's kind of humorous how it's become such this huge issue, but it's such a small population that is potentially affected. Yeah. Obviously, trans youth tend to have more issues with gender dysphoria, so suicide rates are higher. So you can laugh, but then also see the seriousness of this is an yeah. issue. It yeah. is an issue, but also to the point of the, how they're trying to ban um, trans youth on girls' teams. Like, this is the, I feel like, the only time in history where they are taking an interest in girls' sports <laughs> at all. <laughs> and it's because yes. of, gen- like, are we kidding right now? Meanwhile, the U.S. men's soccer team didn't make it to the no, Olympics. No, they stink. But they did the not. women's they did. They did not. Stink. But let's, let's, let's start banning those trans kids. Like, what? You know? It doesn't even make sense what they're doing. Well, yeah, and I think, you know, looking at it, it, it's frustrating, but it's like, it's a laughable frustrating because it's like, come on, are, are, are we being serious? I think, what, South Dakota uh, or what's the other state that recently did it? But it's ridiculous to the point where it's like you have to laugh to really get through how just stupid it is to tear down a group of people just because you're fearful of your child oh hanging out with the trans youth and they're going to turn trans that's not how it works that's not how it, it works not. once more we're, these are babies and if these it works that way children. every gay person well not every but maybe a lot of gay people wouldn't be if it worked that way if you could just change your mind oh i just people i had would the, change their I mind a funny tweet somebody i think not everybody I reposted it in our story somebody oh my god now i'm gonna mess it up it was <laughs> oh god it was I, about, I have a corrections corner specifically for these the okay. about, like, thank you some movie that has a gay character oh oh no it's Lil Nas Lil Nas has his new yeah, video yeah, the new Nas video X, yes. and the mother said did you watch the video and he was like yeah so good and she was like well you know about the controversy they're afraid that it's going to turn everybody gay and the kid goes the kid said oh my god that's the dumbest thing I ever heard that's like then how come all the gay people who watch movies with straight romance aren't all of a sudden turned straight <laughs> right I know there's no there's no logic, but it's that just tells you, though, it's fear based. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's when 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 people aren't logical, it's fear based. Yeah. You know, that's part of the reason, by the way, why we do the podcast, why we wrote the book. There is a a great corner of people who don't know any gay people and who've never met two moms with kids and they need to see us. Um, They need to see our families. It needs to be normalized. Yes, that we're just out there and we're doing the best we can and our kids are normal and just like your kids. Like the the more they can see us in that way, I want to help those people. It's not their fault. It's only their fault if they've been educated and they choose to be homophobic. And, you know, but there's many people who haven't been educated, haven't been exposed and they just need they just need to know it's okay. I have to say, like, when we first started, I just wanted to share our stories. I actually didn't even, I wasn't aware of how many people out there in the world don't like our families. I really wasn't (laughs) aware of it until we put the podcast out there and started getting, you know, we get some comments, we get some, Mm -hmm. we get, we get some trolls, we get some trolls. I wasn't aware of the, um, I don't know, what what do I want to say? The largeness of it. Well, Um, we live in a bubble. You know, we have a lot of, we're in New York. Yeah, we're in New York. We have friends who have our gay have people with kids, we, you know. Yeah. But even then, though, like we're in the bubble in a safe space and my kids are in some progressive charter school. But we're only one of three uh, LGBTQ families in the whole school. And, and that's in a bubble. In grade. Yeah, well, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. But one of them, they just moved. Mm. Well, they're moving at the end of the year. I know. We keep it's tabs like on each like other at the parent teacher. We're like, hi, good to see you. You're invested because you're choosing You're choosing this family. You're yes. choosing to yes. be loved by this family. Uh, but I think this is a perfect... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to make a joke. It always turns out like we tried to push those kids together. The three kids who have the it's, it's another gay mom <laughs> yes. couple and a gay dad couple. We tried so hard to make make them all friends. It, no. They're not friends. They're not I, like into I, each I, other. I did too. There's a kid was there was another kid in my son's class, one of the three families, and I said, "You didn't tell me there was a kid in your class that has two moms." He goes, "Yeah, he's weird." Yeah, like, <laughs> and I was just like, and oh. you're like, we tried so hard. I was like, it was just you not know, happening. You know, she has two moms too. Okay, whatever. Great. You know? I'm not drawn to he, that He kid. likes G.I. Joe's, and I like to play with G.I. Joe's. Right, I exactly. want to play with G.I. Joe's. Uh, but before we move on, myself and Water Cooler Talk are in a mission to help give back to different parts of the community and those who have helped build our show to where it stands today. For each new episode of the podcast, the guests will bring with them a charity of their choice to represent. On the day of the episode going live, Water Cooler Talk will give a donation to the charity in honor of the guests, as well as a global platform to spread a message of love, hope, and togetherness. And we hope you listening to this episode can join in to help spread their message to your own personal 
audience. Robin and Jamie, your chair of choice for today's episode is the Trevor Project. Do you mind explaining a bit about what they do, the Trevor Lifeline, and why they're a cause we're supporting? First of all, this is amazing that you do this. I know, it really I think is. we need to do this. I'll, I'll take <laughs> the ego boost for idea. giving to charity. <laughs> yeah, it's great. The Trevor Project just goes, we've been talking about it this whole interview so robin yeah mm-hmm. i mean so they they basically are supporting to make sure that lgbtq youth lgbtq youth i think you know how to say that by now oh my god i know lgbtq it, they they work on trying to make sure that there's less of a suicide um situation for youth and and support and support for LGBTQ it's just a wonderful youth. organization and so we whenever possible we try to prop them up and bring them into our conversations I mean, it's in terms of youth, it's it's a problem. They need to know that, the, like, that's why that whole "it gets better" it gets better. They need campaign. to know it gets better. They yeah, need to, and they need help because some some kids are thrown out. Um, a lot of kids are thrown out, um, and not just that. There's so many. It's it, it can be hard. Yeah, depending on where you are. So yeah, we got to prop them up, help them out. These are the babies. Hence the Trevor Project. Well, they're doing it. We're not. We're no. not. We're just. We talk about it, and then Trevor well, no, Project I appreciate does the you bringing work. them up in this conversation, <laughs> so people can kind of have a, a a resource to learn more about this. All right. Well, I think we have a. a, a I don't know where I was going with that. Are, are you both ready to get to these? This is these are the type of things that get cut out of the final. The final. <laughs> I think I think we rubbed off on you. Where you're like, I don't know where I was going. That's it. That's we never know where we're but going. But are you are you both ready to jump into our final news story of the episode? Yes. Let's do it. Dive in. This is from NBC News, February second, twenty twenty one. Second grader expelled over crush on girl at Owasa Private School. Delaney Shelton said her eight-year-old daughter was expelled from Rejoice Christian School in Owasa, Oklahoma, after telling another female classmate that she had a crush on her. Delaney said she received a call from the school during the day to tell her that she had to pick up her daughter after an incident on the playground. When she arrived at the school, Rejoice Vice Principal Kelly Owens asked her how she, the mother, felt about girls liking girls. Delaney responded, well, if I'm being honest with you, I think it's okay for girls to like girls. And I mean, she, the vice principal, Kelly Owens, looked disgusted and surprised at my answer. School officials told her to take her daughter home and to not bring her back the next day. When they got home, Delaney said her daughter started to cry and told her that a teacher said, the Bible says that you can only marry a man and you can only have kids with a man. And it's a sin for girls to like girls. And it's not in the Bible. And it's not okay in God's eyes. Delaney added, she was crying and just asking me if God still loved that. That's Every time I read this, it's tough to read. She was crying and just asking me if God still loved her. And you know, if she was wrong for feeling the way that she does. The situation was heartbreaking. A day later, Superintendent Joel Pepin informed her that Rejoice Christian School would be ending their partnership with the Shelton family, including Delaney's five-year-old son, because the family's beliefs did not align with that of the school's. Vice Principal Jelly... Jelly? Was her name Jelly? Did I think... Kelly. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Vice Principal Kelly Owens told Delaney that the school does not condone same-sex relationships on campus and that the school's handbook prohibits any form of sexual immortality. And students who do not follow these rules forfeit the privilege of attending the school. Here's where it gets interesting, listeners. At the time of the release of this article, the school's handbook, which is available online, was restricted and could not be viewed firsthand. However, based on screenshots shared by the mother Delaney, it appeared that the school has changed the handbook since it parted ways with the Shelton family, though neither version addresses same-sex relationships. In a screenshot taken by Delaney the day her daughter was expelled, the handbook stated that boyfriend-girlfriend relationships while at school are prohibited, and then in a second screenshot, it states that students could build relationships based on purity, but that inappropriate displays of affection are not allowed. So uh, a conspiracy is afoot. (laughs) The family hasn't pursued legal action, but said the possibility is still on the table. However, it remains unclear whether a lawsuit would go over in the family's favor. Private religious schools are governed by slightly different standards than public schools and could be exempt from some federal non-discrimination protections, even if they do receive federal funding. I believe this school received some PPP funding. Private schools are not funded by the government, but instead through student tuition, endowments, and donations. In addition, Oklahoma's non-discrimination laws do not include LGBTQ individuals. Religious schools are not required by federal law to publish their position on same-sex relationships, for example. So many parents enroll their kids in a religious school and are later caught by surprise if the school states that it is opposed to same-sex marriage. As for Delaney's eight-year-old daughter, both her and her brother have since been enrolled in a new school and felt so loved by the outpour of support received from communities both local and national. Delaney says that she might change as she grows, speaking of her daughter, but she wants her to know that no matter who she ends up loving, 
she will be supported and loved no matter what. You know, that kind of goes into, you know, what you talked about and love makes a family. Like, at least from this snapshot of what we have with the mother, this seems like a very supportive mother and whatever decisions these two kids, the eight-year-old and the five-year-old, decide to make in their life, there's a good chance that they're going to be very supported. And I think that's uh, regardless of what society or schools may say, having that loving relationship in the home means, you know, these kids have a chance to have a good life. Yep. Yeah. I, this story is so heartbreaking to hear. On many levels. Um, especially because, yes, she, she knows now, she now knows that her mother will accept her. Mm-hmm. However, she is in the world. She, Her mother's going to accept her. But the harsh lesson this little eight-year-old just learned is that the world might not and that your chances in life might be very much altered because you showed the world who you really were. And that's heartbreak. I want to cry. It's not just that, though. They took it a step further and said, not just like you're going to be discriminated against. They were like, Jesus won't love you. Yeah. I mean, like, that's a a horrific and horrible thing. And also, your brother is expelled, so it makes it seem like her choices are ruining not only her life, but other people in her family's lives. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. You I, up, you upheaved your whole family's life. Like I, I, that's not how I feel. But yeah, this poor little girl just learned the most terrible lesson. But the but the upside though is like you said, Adam, is that she's got a mother who said wonderful and affirming things to her, and that you know she knows she'll always be loved. Thank God, you know, and and thank God they pulled her out. Um, you know. I mean, I know she was well, she was expelled, but that you know, but they didn't try to be like and keep my kid in, oh, you know, because it's like it's just it's upsetting just on other levels too. It, it, yes, the girl and th- that they wouldn't win a case. Private organizations still it goes back to the cake baking that thing. Oklahoma yeah. still doesn't have anti discrimination yes. laws mm-hmm. yeah. for LGBTQ. Or th- but that th- people can still say, "I am going to have uh, this yacht club, and no Jewish people can come." Right. I'm going to have this this bakery, and I will not make your gay cake. I don't know. I get Who really doesn't want a gay cake. Come everybody on. wants a gay cake. <laughs> A rainbow. Rainbow. Well, I think there is, you know, kind of to that point, Robin, I think there is a bit of I'm all for that bakery not wanting to make a gay cake. I'm all for a bakery being established right next to them that only focuses on gay cakes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think in this capitalistic world, I think we have that option, even though we may not like you know, somebody expressing that free speech, I think as we address free speech in general, I think we have to be supportive. Even if we don't necessarily agree with it, it doesn't make it okay. Yeah, the bakery, the school, you know, they're obviously in the wrong in this situation. It is an incredibly heartbreaking situation. You kind of have to figure out where that line is between what's okay and what isn't okay. And, you know, this school what they're doing, being so against this little girl, just because she told another girl she had a crush on her, didn't do anything... Um, inappropriate. Inappropriate, yes, perfect. Thank you, Jamie. Didn't do anything inappropriate, but now her life is being... or They tried to tear down her life for just having a crush on another girl. Like That's where it's been taking it way too far. Yeah. Yeah, first of all, I want somebody to please open up a bakery next to that bakery oh, called right, gay right cake. Right next door. Just no, big a, sign, a gay bar. Gay, a gay bar. Gay cake. Well, one on each side. <laughs> and it's called Gay Cake Bakery and the Gay Bar. And yeah. it's, it just overrides everything. Somebody do that. Well, but my, my, so my wife agrees wholeheartedly with you that like you should have the right to not make my gay cake if you don't want to, if you're a private business. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I stand on well, it because I do feel like... Our kids. I know, but she, it's just saying it's like you have that right mm-hmm. to do it in terms of a business. But I'm like, where's the line then? If you get federal funding, if you, you know, like where is the line when, yeah. like, if it's a country club that won't let black people in, is that acceptable? You know, it's just like, where is the line? And I don't know. I really don't know the answer to it because I understand what you're saying about capitalism and, you know, and and things yeah. having their own, their own ability to choose. But at the same time, like, doesn't isn't that going to just end up in like racism and homophobia and that's like we're just we're teaching the next generation how to discriminate that's how i that's what it comes down to for me that's a good point we're just teaching more discrimination the more we let this happen the more the youth are going to see it and continue that on and and the thing is the folks who who do this who 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 use their religion as a reason to not make a gay cake 
don't see this as discrimination. Mm. No, they think it's there. But then it's and like, but the then problem. it's like you had that lady who wouldn't issue the, the marriage the certificate because of her religious things. She had a government job. She had a government job, exactly. Yeah, and yeah you go get a, a different totally job different. then, honey. Like, go get a different job. <laughs> yeah, don't be in that job if you can't, you know, follow the rules of that job. When it comes to religion, it's it's so weird. Even like what this teacher said to that little girl. I think she said the Bible says that you can only marry a man. According to this teacher, gay men have all the right to marry a man. <laughs> And you can kind of, <laughs> there you go. I think like that what they use is like something from Leviticus where yeah. it's an abomination yep. for a man to, to lie, sleep with, to a man, lie yeah. with another man. But I can also interpret that as it's an abomination for a married man to sleep with somebody who's not their partner. Mm, you know, yeah. it gets very confusing because I can interpret something one way. And somebody else can interpret something another way. Boom. Now we have religious people. I know you guys recently had a live talking about the Pope um, not blessing same-sex marriages. You can pick and choose what you want, but then it just becomes such a more tough conversation than it actually needs to be. I'm not a religious individual, but I look at a situation like the Bible and I say the Bible is about a lesson about being a good person and respecting thy neighbor. And that's what the focus should be. Mm. Yeah. It gets it gets so construed. It gets I so mean, lost. But you're but you're right that they everybody. It's freedom of of religion, freedom of speech, and everyone has the they can believe what they want to believe. I I always look at it like if you're if your behavior impacts another person, then you shouldn't be allowed to do it. Mm-hmm. If it you know it's that's how I feel negatively. about masks. It's yeah, negatively. Mm-hmm. If you like, we wear masks because. I could give you COVID. That's why I wear it. In the same way that we, you have to, you can't drive drunk because you could kill another person. That's why there's, you know, there's speed limits. And there's, we we legislate, in my opinion, we legislate when your behavior can hurt another person. That's what I try to look at it for. And so it does get, gets real, it gets real dicey with the private organizations though. It really does. Like, can you just have your religion where you believe weird stuff and you should be able to have it? But I don't like that. What I don't like about the story is that then you took your religion and you shamed some little kid. Mm -hmm. But you did sign up for a private school based on a religion that says they don't care for LGBTQ folks. So it's like, I'm a little bit wondering why she would be surprised. Well, that's the thing in that article, or maybe it was a different article about this same story that they did say that a lot of people when they sign their kids up don't don't look for the, the you know when you're signing your pre-k and kindergartner up for school you're not looking to see what their policy is but if it's LGBTQ. a religious school wouldn't that come not to always your mind? because some you would think so but some people who don't have it on their radar sure. they're straight they, yeah you're not like us like yeah. we have that on our radar we're gonna check yeah that's some, that's something you think about but, but you like, don't know your that's kids something gonna be gay. you might not think about and also you get into i know this is a private school but you get into schools where it's like well i can only really choose from two or three schools to send yes. my kid and as a parent i'm assuming you're wanting to send your kid to the best possible school yes and you don't you don't necessarily look and see what their lgbtq policy is cuz nobody expects their children to come out as gay when they're 4 I mean, maybe some people do. I mean, like we think about it. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, this is an eight-year-old girl. You know, the mother even mentioned like she truly doesn't even understand why she is getting in trouble for this. Yeah. So, you know, maybe she doesn't truly understand how she feels. Maybe later in life, she'll end up being straight. Maybe she won't. Maybe she'll, you know, end up having a life. I mean, this could just be like a crime. Who Who knows? Yeah, none of it's even relevant. got a complex either way. Well, in that article, though, they said, though, that I think if the mom had said, oh, I'm against that, they might have kept her. They were disturbed oh, good. You want to by the fact to, to, yeah. to deny her identity, too. Good. We're good. You can yeah. stay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I got, Alexa was going off there, and I, I don't know what's going on. It's like all of a sudden, Alexa, Alexa stop. <laughs> Alexa, the third guest coming in. Oh, my God. I know. <laughs> well, you know, both of you having children, you know, what, what level of responsibilities do schools play in, in shaping your children? Because, I mean, your child's at school for, what is it these days, like six to eight hours? Well, not right I mean, obviously not, not, COVID, not, right not right now, now but in, minutes in, in between video normal games. times. <laughs> yeah. yeah, six yeah. to eight hours somewhere it's, there. It's a big portion of their lives. I mean, School. uh, schools are responsible in, this, uh, in the same way that I think parents are ultimately responsible and schools are are shaping a portion of it. But, you know, my kids... They're talking about my older is in sixth grade and they're talking about religion right now, different religions. They're talking about non-binary. They're talking about because it's a progressive school. So they are talking about all that stuff. I think it's great that that happens at our school and we're lucky. Like you said, not everybody gets choice. Like if I lived in a small town, whatever the curriculum is, 
is probably what my kids are getting. I think it's a bonus if your school is reiterating the lessons you're teaching your children at home. I think it's yeah. a bonus and I don't think it's a given. My kids are younger. Mine are seven and three. So my three-year-old's not even in school yet and my seven-year-old's second grade. And I've noticed that their library is not as inclusive as I would like it to be. I'd like mm-hmm. them to have more books about all gender spectrums. And I would like a book that has two moms in it and or two dads in it. And they don't have those books. And so I've talked many times with Robin about bringing books to the (laughs) library, which I haven't done yet, but it's on my mind. We had a guest on our live stream a couple weeks ago who talked about how to work with your school to have them be more inclusive. Um, It starts with the teacher and then it's, then you work up to the principal and then the, you know, whoever's like shaping the curriculum. But it, it is really helpful, at least for us, because, you know, one of my kids has talked about how it feels when they are like being singled out othered. and they're talking about othered yeah, yeah in, in these conversations or, you know, or like when they're talking about just a, a more heterosexual family, how they can feel less left out. But I don't put that I don't put that education onus on the school. I put things in place in my kid's life. They go to a summer camp that is for kids of LGBTQ families so that it's in their life. We talk about it a lot. Like we make sure that the education happens in our house for our kids. Our kids aren't the ones that need to be educated because our kids are in it. It's the actually the other kids that need the education that don't get it. That's right. what's so funny about their it. Their families aren't necessarily talking about this at no. home. I mean, because why would you? Yeah. If it's not your you, it's not something that you're going to talk about. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't talk about Russian culture right. because I don't know it. <laughs> I don't know it. I, right. You know, I'm not like. When Russia takes over, you're going to be yeah. so disappointed that you didn't, I know. Robin. I know. I'll be like, really damn, I should have got in on that sooner. But at the same time, you want your kids to see themselves reflected in their school environment. So however that very good turns up, if whether it be a book that's in their library or I don't even know what else it could be. Like you want. Speakers if, or if they're topics. talking about somebody in history like Audre Lorde, it would be great if they're not afraid to say she was also a lesbian, you know, so that our kids can hear that. Oh, wow, this person she, in history. She wasn't just a, a, a lady with a lady who lived in her house and they were just friends. <laughs> with that really good right. friend, Ruth, who stayed with yeah. her all the time. You know, so that it's so that it's reiterated and talked about in positive ways outside of the home. And outside well. of Gay Pride Month. Well, there's that But too. I mean, but that also goes to, and somebody brought this up on one of our shows recently, and I hadn't thought about that, goes to sex education as well. Like, are they talking about like such a sex education? Are you only talking about heterosexual? And that's like a can of worms because people don't even want them to talk about sex, period, mm-hmm. let alone bring in gay sex. I mean, can you imagine yeah. the outrage? Oh, I can't even imagine. Well to, well, well, to your point, Jamie, about, you know, the books in schools and kind of connecting to our Mr. Potato conversation, you know, there's nothing wrong with putting a book in a library about, you know, two moms. And as long as you're not forcing a kid to read that book, if eventually they come upon it and they're like, oh, I would like to read this book. I don't I don't see nothing or I don't see anything wrong with that. It's just mm-hmm. yeah. you're giving those kids those options because there are more options just than just one, two. There's three, four, five, six, seven, yeah. eight, nine, ten. And what if little Susie is gay and she's afraid to tell people? And then she goes to her library and she sees the story of the, you got real deep there. You could see no, because Susie, can't you? Susie. I don't know why I chose Susie. That's my mom's <laughs> name too, Sue. But um, you know, like what if she's grappling with it, her little fourth grade mind? Yeah. And she sees this book about what's that book I love? It's a uh, it's a flamingo, but he's trying to fit in with the pigeons. I, it's a really sweet book. <laughs> and she sees that and and it speaks to her. You know, what about the children who are grappling with their sexuality or with their yeah. gender? Think of those kids and how much they can be helped with affirming books and materials in their schools when they might not be getting the affirmations at home. In general, I'm just a huge fan of education around the board or what what is it? Along the board? All around the board? On the board? No one actually knows. Uh, But I'm just... It'll come to me and I'll shout it out in an inappropriate moment. (laughs) But I'm all for, you know, education and being able to have as many options as possible. Like when I do my research, I use DuckDuckGo because I don't don't know what Google's going to lead me towards. I want that unfilteredness because I want to have as many possible options to learn about something because I know I'm going to be a more informed person. I'm able to relate more if I can hear those stories unfiltered or having, you know, a book written by, you know, two moms. I know that 
there's other books written in the LGBTQ space, not just by two moms. But anyways, having all those options allows me to be more sympathetic, empathetic, one of those Both. towards those individuals. Yes. And it makes me a better person as a straight individual, even though that's not something that affects me, but it might affect my friend. It might affect, you know, uh, my family members down the line. You know, mm -hmm. it just makes you a better person to have those experiences and to hear about those experiences. Because like this little girl, she's an eight-year-old little girl. She should just be worrying about playing with potato head toys, non-gender <laughs> potato head toys, instead of having to ask her mom, why was I expelled for school for just telling another girl I had a crush on her? Yeah. And why does Jesus no longer love why me? Why does Jesus hate yeah, me? Yeah. I mean, that's the part that's to me the most offensive. I don't know. Thank God I never worried about Jesus's love. I didn't either. It's funny. <laughs> I mean, I just assume it's there. Because we would really be grappling with that forever. <laughs> 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 well, Jamie and Robin, um, thank you for taking the time to share your perspective on some of the strangest and most interesting news stories the world has to offer in a productive and meaningful conversation. Listeners, if you'd like to give Jamie and Robin's podcast, If These Ovaries Could Talk, a listen, you can do so by following them on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Ovaries Talk. Once again, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Ovaries Talk. You can also visit their website, www.ovariestalk.com, buy one of those throw pillows, or better yet, <laughs> order their book, If These Ovaries Could Talk, the things we've learned about making an LGBT. TQ family, and then make sure to remain after the corrections for a short teaser clip from one of their latest episodes. And then, of course, to make it easier for you, those links will be included in the description of this episode and on our website, www.watercoolertalkpod.com. So as someone with some sticky fingers, we can't finish this episode without <laughs> me stealing a segment from your show. Uh -oh, so Jamie and Robin, uh -oh. 30 seconds. Oh my God. Give us the elevator pitch for your book, If These Ovaries Could Talk, The Things We've Learned About Making an LGBTQ Family. Okay, it's in two parts. The first half of the book is all about different ways in which you can make your LGBTQ family. How we make them, the conversations. And the second part. And the second part is how you parent your LGBTQ as an LGBTQ now that you got parent, your Now that you got your kids, now what? That's literally what it's called. Right? And it's something and it's like that. Also, it's 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 too it's twofold in the sense that it has clips from other families. So you're going to get like a full view it's of what LGBTQ families are all the time. And then you'll hear us too. <laughs> yeah, we're in there, but there's others. There's other perspectives. And Did we do it? Well, perfect. Seconds? I Did think that it? was around 30 seconds. I probably should have uh, taken <laughs> note of when you started, but uh, the time was needed. <laughs> all right. As always, thank you to all my listeners for listening to another episode of Water Cooler Talk, the only such podcast on the internet hosted by myself and guest hosted today by Jamie and Robin, where we take the strangest and most interesting real-life news stories from around the world and, well, just try and have a good old conversation about some of those ideas discussed in those bizarre news stories. All right, Jamie and Robin, we are to the point, my favorite point of the show, where I hand off the show to you. Jamie, you said you were ready for this, so I'm hoping you are ready for this moment. Oh, but it is up to well, the both you of you to close out the show however you see fit. For how we close. I was just going to close it how we close ours. Oh, yes. With his yeah. podcast name. Oh, okay. So how would we but do that? I don't know because then okay. it doesn't really work. Because well, we do. We, how are we? Can, okay. we'll, we'll do it in the middle. Should we explain what we do? Yeah, we always <laughs> sign off every. He's literally having coffee now because we've like gone on to. <laughs> and then maybe we can. Yeah. And this uh, this came our first episode we ever recorded when we were both like we don't know what we're doing. We were like, how do we end this? And then we just it did stuck. It. it. We just did it, and it's it's not clever. And Stacy cool and Shin made way. fun of us really hardcore yeah. for doing it. Yeah. All right. Um, so, so we say we say. Eggs. One of you said eggs. I went ovaries, and then we said out. Oh. So that's how we end every. It's so not <laughs> funny or cool in any way. And then we're usually making fun of ourselves, laughing as we as we leave. Yes. How do we do that? With we do water, eggs, water cooler talk, ovaries out. out. <laughs> <laughs> or we should let Adam say water, Wait, water cooler <laughs> talk out. Out. How about that? Okay. Is that yes. All right. We have to do it all on three now. All right. Okay. Ready? One, Ready? two, three. Water. Water. Cooler. cooler. Oh, talk. Oh, wait, 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 okay. wait, wait. I'll person. do talk. Oh, oh. I'll okay. do talk. Okay. And then we'll all do out together. Okay. okay. I'll do cooler. Okay. And I'm doing water. Okay. Water. Cooler. Talk. Out. out. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, until next time, listeners. Peace. This is the story of a podcast that takes weird news from across the world. And while many of these stories may seem fake, they're absolutely not because they're real. What an episode, what a guest, what a time. Thank you to Robin and Jamie for calling in to talk about those strange and interesting news stories. As always, make sure to support their podcast, If These Ovaries Could Talk, by following the links in the description of this episode or by going to our website at www.watercoolertalkpod.com. And as always, make sure to support their charity of choice. 
the Trevor Project. All it takes is five dollars. The price, the price of coffee. I think the price of coffee is actually going up, so we might have to change this. Or sharing their mission with another person around the water cooler, wherever those pesky water coolers may be. But anyways. To the corrections. During the first conversation discussing the outrage over Mr. Potato Head, Mr. Potato Head was first invented in 1949 by George Lerner and distributed by Hasbro starting in 1952 as parts to actually put into a actual potato. It wasn't until 1964 that Hasbro switched to a plastic potato because they realized kids playing with rotting vegetables might not be the most marketable and safe product. During the guest introduction portion of the conversation, the states that have banned transgender girls from playing on girl interscholastic sports teams include Tennessee, Mississippi, Arkansas, South Dakota, and Idaho. And unfortunately, 34 states are considering a ban as well during the 2021 legislative season. You know, I do just kind of want to add on to my original thoughts from the episode. The, the bigger picture is being completely missed by these right now five states the essence of sports and you know i'll specifically speak to high school sports where most of uh, the youth participate before sports become just crazy competitive is the benefits that come from participation in those sports it's not always about being the best i think it's you know around seven percent of high school athletes want to play at the next level. I'll, I'll give them, I'll give them a few percentage points. So 90% of kids that play high school sports will never go on to play high, that same sport competitively at the next level. Sports are about learning valuable lessons, you know, creating these healthy mental and physical mindsets and feeling that you belong to something greater. Why, why are we closing the door to any kid that wants to reap those benefits? Make it make sense. And finally, during the second conversation discussing the influence of schools on children, the exact Leviticus passage is Leviticus 18.22. All right, water coolings, that's another crisis corner. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to another episode of Water Cooler Talk. Once again, thank you to Robin and Jamie for calling to the studio. And I don't know why I'm talking like that. And talking about some of the strangest and most bizarre news stories the world has to offer. But anyways, that's your corrections. That's your episode. So... This is the story of a podcast that takes weird news from across the world. And while many of these stories may seem fake, they're absolutely not because they're real. Without further ado, here's a short clip of Robin and Jamie's podcast, If These Ovaries Could Talk. I was one of the people who believed I would never be divorced. Mm -hmm. Like I thought it was, no one in my family had been divorced. Mm -hmm. Robin and I were just just talking talking about about this. this. Yeah. Yeah. How you can never be too sure. Right. You know, you think you won't. Right. But and how do you really know? No, and I, you know, my mother died when I was 10. It was such a shock to the system and sure. everything got unearthed at that age. And so here we were breaking up when the kids were in that age yeah. range. And, you know, in the end, uh, I think they all decided. And when we talk about it, they're like, it's better this way. I'm like, that's right. You know, and Kelly is happy and Anne is a great partner for her. They love to travel. Mm -hmm. I do not like to travel. (laughs) Every time I want to go to Miami, I have a house there. And so I was like, well, it's vacation. We're going to Miami. Yeah, we're going to our other house. Exactly. (laughs) I'm not going to go pay. (laughs) Right. I'm not going to Europe where I can't speak the the language. And I don't know how to say it could be my spleen in French. (laughs) You know, the food's going to be weird. You're like, what is this pepper? This isn't pepper. Listen, I'm with you 100% on the travel thing. People, are like when you're rich don't you just want to go see the world i'm like no x ovaries out